Party in the Deep End. That's right. It's our season five finale, The Deep End. For the first time ever, we'll have two movies going head to head. Typically for The Deep End, we cover a movie with a sequel or sequels. This time, a versus battle for the ages. Hell yeah, everybody. But first, this is the Pool Scene Podcast. I am Kevin. I'm joined by my co-host, Jim. What's up, Pool Sceners? We are breaking out the Hawaiian shirts, the sunscreen, the shades, cocktails. Good cocktails, too. Because we will be discussing not one, but two movies where the main characters Head to Florida to the beaches of the Atlantic Ocean. Revenge of the Nerds 2, sometimes referred with the subtitle Nerds in Paradise. Yes, with the Roman numeral, so it's still classy. And the other movie, Police Academy 5, Assignment Miami Beach. Never Assignment on Miami Beach, just Assignment colon Miami Beach. Yeah, it's like Police Academy 5 colon Assignment colon colon. Miami Beach. (laughs) First, we're going to dive into Revenge of the Nerds 2. Now, to set up Nerds 2, I'll give you a little background on Revenge of the Nerds. In the original Revenge of the Nerds from 1984, a bunch of stereotypical nerds are harassed at fictional Adams College, which I believe is in Arizona. Yes, never says what city, but we can only assume it would be like Phoenix or something like that. So the nerds are harassed by the jock fraternity Alpha Betas which includes the alphas burning down the nerds' house. (laughs) Exactly. The nerds use their brains to enact revenge, and there's what I'll call a bait-and-switch sex scene, which doesn't age well due to the fact it's absolutely 100% rape. How at the time, granted we were younger, and... Is teenagers watching this? How did that never cross our mind that he raped Our minds. There were women at the time. I would hope so. Who were speaking up to say, you can't sleep with somebody who thinks you're someone else. Yeah. That is rape by definition. And there was probably more of an uproar from people saying, you wore a Darth Vader helmet. Forget about the fact that he raped her. For yeah. God's well, there's sake. um in the... The Dirt, there's a scene where Nikki Six and Tommy Lee claim to have done that. Yeah. Where one of them was with the girl said, hey, I got to hang on a second and then swapped. <sighs> and after the fact, they were like, well, not everything in the book's true. Some of it's embellished. It's like, no, I think that probably you mean that part where Vince Neil killed somebody and only spent two years in Lompoc. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's right. Exactly. Before we get into the plot of Nerds in Paradise, I will give you some fun tidbits about the movie, which was released three years after the first in 1987. The second released in 1987. MTV, you know them. Ran a promotion called MTV Body Snatchers. Jim, any recollection of this? I don't remember that at all. Me either. Not at all. I was four, three maybe. I was six. Along with the help from the Beastie Boys, you could win a role as an extra in Revenge of the Nerds 2. <laughs> I can imagine. Hey, Mom. Mom, I want to be in Revenge of the Nerds 2. Hey, I won, Mom, but uh, it says here I have to get chased by Booger down the beach. <laughs> Anthony Edwards, who was the co-headliner of the first movie, he did not want to return due to both not liking the script for Nerds 2. And Maverick killing him. Maverick killing him, ejecting him into the canopy. And wanting to get away from the nerd typecast. However, he was contractually obligated to the sequel. They did find a way for him to appear in the movie as a cameo of sorts, but... An extended cameo. Yeah, we wouldn't really call it a cameo. It's kind of a just a a limited role where we see him a couple times but it totally came across like they filmed it in one day one hour one hour and they were just like he's like listen 
Whatever yeah. you get, we're keeping. But I give them a lot of props for at least using the background of the original nerd house from the first yeah. movie. It did work out for uh, Anthony Edwards because he went on to be in ER. Oh, Dr. Green was the best. Another casting note is that Ted McGinley was supposed to reprise his role from the first movie as the head of the Alphas, but was replaced by the great Bradley Whitford. And Bradley Whitford went on to be in one of your favorite shows. The West Wing. Yeah. So the moral here is be in a nerds movie. When they ask you to be in the sequel, either get left out or ask to be left out because then you'll go on to be on a, a major. At least McGinley sitcom. went on to married with children there he for a little bit. He was on all kinds of stuff. Yeah. But you notice that McGinley thing always had the kiss of death. Oh, big time. There's always the McGinley kiss of death. But if he does conventions, what does he show up as? Stan Gable. Yep. There are also two sequels after two, which we absolutely don't mention, except for something that's funny to me. Poindexter doesn't appear and is not mentioned after Nerds in Paradise. However, for whatever reason, they were like, let's put him on the cover of four. Feel bad for the guy who bought four to see Poindexter and was deceived. And ironically enough, Kevin, Timothy Busfield, who played Arnold Poindexter, also was in the West Wing. Wow. So there we go. Yeah, they pulled a bait and switch, sort of like the rape scene in the first movie. I'm not over it. Jim, tell us how the first Revenge of the Nerds performed in order to warrant a sequel. Then give us the budget box office and number ones at the time of release for Nerds in Paradise. So the first one, like you said, came out three years previous on July 20th, 1984 to a budget that they can't seem to narrow down. So it's anywhere between six and eight million and including rentals in parentheses. It made $60.4 million box office and on VHS. 10 times your budget's good. Yeah. Now, Nerds 2 came out July 10th, 1987 to a $10 million budget and $30 million made at the box office. So okay. it made three times it, but soundtrack, location, shot actors probably ended up losing money. And um, well, it would be tight. About, about break even or exactly. something. Exactly. So before I get in to the song in the number one movie in America, Kevin, it's 1987. What's the most popular thing to do on the weekends? We go to the video store. Yes. First Row Video giving you their top video rentals of the month of July. The Color Purple, The Color of Money, The Golden Child. Okay, so we've got two movies of color in the title and then a movie that has a color in the title. And a movie in The Golden Child that most people don't remember or probably have never watched. It's not a great movie. The Color Purple is my mom's favorite movie. Really? Yeah. And me and you both love The Color of Money, which we are eventually going to cover on this podcast. It's It's a great great movie. movie. The number one movie in America, Dragnet, Dan Aykroyd, Tom Hanks, doing their version of the 1950s television drama, but this time it made it a really great comedy. And you sent me the uh, Dragnet rap. It's, oh, that video is crazy. Everybody go on YouTube and look at that rap because you thought it was absolutely ridiculous. I was like, this is insane. It's that crazy, like, late 80s. Like Super Bowl Shuffle. Yes. Like, not everybody was cashing in. No, like Wrestle Rock Rumble, Super Bowl Shuffle. Everybody was cashed in on, doesn't matter, we got to make them rap. Yes. And the name of the song is called The City of Crime, by the way. And the number one song in America, the wedding dance floor go-to. Listen, I've DJed weddings. Sometimes families just don't dance. You play this song, Aunt Jessie is going to get up and dance. Whitney Houston, I Want to Dance with Somebody. Now, gangsters don't dance, they boogie. That's right. 
Okay, let's take a trip down to Fort Lauderdale for the plot. Take Re- me to Funky Down, Kevin. Re- Funky Down. Revenge <laughs> of the Nerds 2, Nerds in Paradise. Now, the Tri-Lambs face their next challenge. As representatives of Adams, they prepare to join delegates from across the nation at the United Fraternity Conference in legendary Fort Lauderdale. It is a time for fraternity leaders to discuss the philosophy of brotherhood, to set guidelines for their organizations, and get laid. Our lovable Lambda 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 nerds from Adams College are heading to a national fraternity convention in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Lewis, played by Anthony Edwards, which I mentioned earlier, cannot come due to breaking his leg in a chess match, which kind of sets the tone for what kind of humor you're in for. Hey, how you feeling? Well, actually, I'm feeling pretty stupid. Why? Hey, I'm the only guy in the world who could break his leg playing chess. Hey, don't get down on yourself, Gilbert. That was a very tricky move. What's on your mind, Lewis? Well, I'll tell you, Gilbert, you're the president of this chapter, and I, I just don't know if I can lead these guys. Lois, you're a born leader. You got the looks of a Kennedy and the brains of an Einstein. And the prowess of a Skolnick. Lewis arrives at the Royal Flamingo Hotel in Fort Lauderdale and speaks to Sonny, who tells Lewis that the reservation has been given to the Alpha Betas. Poindexter uses the internet, 1987, finds them a hotel, the dilapidated but wonderfully named Hotel Coral Essex. Find out why the name's so great here shortly. The Alphas, led by their president, Roger, want to get rid of the Trilams. The Alphas purposely give the Trilams an incorrect address, so they send them a letter at the Hotel Coral Essex that's like, you're invited to a pre-conference party. Yeah. Give them an address, which takes them out to the Swamplands, where they are captured, stripped, Chased by alligators, all by the alphas in seminal Indian cosplay. Which we think is the back of a restaurant. It is. I have God. some questions about it. Yeah, we'll get over that. Yeah, it's crazy. The next day at the conference, Roger and the alphas angle to remove the nerds, which I don't understand. Trilams in the first movie, you find out they're a black fraternity. Yeah, all black fraternity. But then these nerds get charter in here somehow. So I don't know if... Roger's successfully able to kick out the Trilams. Are they also able to kick out the, you know, the black Trilams who attend the conference? Which I brought it up to you in the movie, like during their conference. Yeah. They don't ever seem to come to their defense at all until the very end. end of the movie. Yeah. So essentially what Roger's posturing is that fraternities need to meet not only academic standards, but also athletic standards, which sons of bitches. How does that work? Now resolved that all fraternities shall age... Augment. Augment existing academic standards with new physical standards as well. What? What? That's unfair. That's unconstitutional. That bites. Therefore, the membership of each fraternity must meet such physical standards or be excluded from this conference. To combat the plan, the nerds throw a party at the Hotel Coral Essex where they burn out the lights on the sign to read, Hot oral sex perfect they draw a large crowd the nerds perform a beastie boy-esque rap song and gain support to vote no on 15 no on proposition 15 as proposed by roger the next day roger extends an olive branch to make peace with lewis and the trilams they enact a rule that says any fraternity that commits a crime is automatically expelled and their charter revoked now lewis calls gilbert who gilbert's like 
Absolutely not. They're full of shit, Lewis. You're falling for it again. Yeah, and Lewis totally buys it. Yeah, you think, Lewis, from learning from the first movie, you can't trust an alpha beta. Yeah. But no, he Lu- It's This movie has Lewis. is totally different because we talked about how confident oh, he is. Oh, he's beyond. He's just he going up the sunny. And he's like loose and conversational. Like he gets to Florida and he's just like, what's up? I'm Lewis. Like he's talking to everybody. He's hitting on sunny car stairs. Car stairs. Car stairs. Love it. God damn, what a last name. Uh, so you see where this is going. Roger sends Sonny and a couple girls with the nerds who say, yo, wow. <laughs> yo, wow. That's all the girls can say. Yeah. Hi, Sonny. Hello again. Hi. Yo. Nice day. Beautiful. Wow. Yo. Paradise. It is. Yo. Very vapid. So Roger sends them all to the beach in his very large Cadillac convertible, and then he reports his car stolen, which is actually a crime on his end because you can't falsify a police report. Yeah, but whatever. So then the cops arrest the nerds at gunpoint by sticking shotguns in their faces. Uh, <laughs> Rod- at a liquor store. Yeah, at the liquor store. Jesus. So. Brewskies. <laughs> yeah, we'll get some brews. Uh, Roger and the Alphas kidnap the nerds. Along with Sonny and Ogre, they drop them at an uninhabited island, which is actually Gilligan's Island from the show's opening credits. Really? Yes, it is. Interesting. On the island, the nerds find a stash of Cuban military supplies and weapons, who then arrive at the conference in tanks. Or like they're like amphibious vehicles. Yeah, exactly. So the alphas are expelled and have their charter revoked when the conference learns the truth. At least that's how I see it. Back at Adams, the nerds have a ceremony to induct Ogre into the Trilams. Frederick Aloysius Palawatsky. And then he says, Frederick. Ogre Louis. Frederick. No, you're Frederick. Frederick. Even though his fucking pocket protector says ogre. Yeah, they're fine to have whatever. Yeah. Characters quickly. Robert Carradine. I did not know this is David Carradine's brother. I love when I told you that. They look nothing alike. Not at all. I was trying to like find pictures of Robert Carradine without his glasses. Thinking like maybe they look. They look nothing alike. He plays Louis Skolnick. Anthony Edwards as Gilbert Lowe. Curtis Armstrong. Dudley Booger Dawson. Larry B. Scott as Lamar Luttrell. Fucking awesome filmography. He's in this. Space Camp. Karate Kid. Iron Eagle. It's fucking awesome. What an awesome. He plays such a dearth of characters. It's It's great. great. Timothy Busfield as Arnold Poindexter. And then you got Wormser. You have Courtney Thorne Smith as Sonny Carstairs. (laughs) car stairs <laughs> of all the names they're you can like, fictionally think of guys she's gonna wear a name tag so she has to have a last name what's her name be and they, it's like they were looking around the room and he was like he looked out the window and he was like sunny car and he glanced back over and he saw hotels the have stairs car stairs and the funny thing is her name tag doesn't even say sunny it says s car stairs s car stairs <laughs> scar stairs uh bradley went the for sequel to scarface as roger latimer uh, who else do we have? James Cromwell, Mr. Skolnick, James Hong as Edgar Poe, Snotty Wong. AKA, you will know him and love him as David Lopan. Donald Gibb, my favorite BG, plays Fred Ogre, Paul Lewatsky. He is in, he's Ray Jackson in, in, you know what movie he's from. Funny thing is though, when you see Ogre's hair all poofed up with the beard, it wouldn't surprise me one bit if he was a distant cousin of the Gibbs. Oh my God. It would make more sense than Robert and David Carradine. So Julia Montgomery, who's the love interest in the first movie, she refused to reprise her role as Betty because in the original script, Betty's caught cheating on Lewis. 
She felt it betrayed the change in her character from the first film. So they offered to rewrite the scene for her. She eventually returned in the later movies, which I said we wouldn't mention, so I'm sorry. But Lewis is shown packing, like the one of the first scenes of the movies, packing his bag, and you see him put a picture of Betty in his luggage, which yeah. leads to the assumption they're either together or he's still in love with her until he uh, cheats on her with car stairs. Such so, a name. Oh, my God. Yeah, he uh, cheats on Betty with car, car stairs. So uh, with that said, not going to do an MVP or anything. Let's just move on to best scenes. All right, go ahead, Kev. We'll do the arrival at the Hotel Coral Essex. Oh, that's great. Your room is in the Ricky Ricardo wing. I'm Aldonza, your hostess. If you need anything, you just call me. Don't be afraid. And over here is the beautiful Olympic-sized swimming pool. Now you be sure you shower. Didn't I just see? No. So Poindexter finds them a listing on some 1987 version of the internet. That he's, yeah, he's able to plug in from a payphone into his portable computer. Which at least they did that, right? So yeah, at least there's continuity. It's not just like a Wi-Fi signal. Yeah. I think I found one. The Hotel Coral Essex. Full recreation facilities, spacious ocean view suites. Sounds great. Confirm it, Poindexter. The hotel advertises a pool and a recreational area, etc. But when they arrive... Oh, it's pretty much a condemned level building. It's overrun with chickens. As you said, it looks like, didn't you say it looks like the Bahamas or Bermuda? It does. It looks like Nassau, Bahamas. Yeah. But like in the, they throw something in the swimming pool and the swimming pool appears to like bubble. It looks like a sewer. It. Yeah. It looks like people are just like a man-eating it. pool. But yeah. this leads to another great scene where, again, we'll mention the other one, but I specifically meet where Booger meets Snotty. My name's Dudley Dawson. They call me... Booger. Edgar Poe Wong. They call me Snotty. <sighs> so Snotty is like a wrong, like a long-term resident of the hotel, we're assuming. I'm assuming he built the and fucking he hotel. He wasn't, he didn't go there for uh, the fraternity conference. So this is Lo Pan from Big Trouble in Little China, which we're hoping to cover soon. You should be ashamed of yourself. Fuck you. So basically, they get themselves a real camaraderie revolving around gross stuff. Because Booger's a real gross guy. He's he a sick son of a mentions, like, blowing his nose on his shirt. His clothes look disgusting. He's wearing a who-farted shirt with holes cut out. It, he looks like... Booger is the epitome of if you look at somebody, they look like they smell like piss. Yeah. He has the weird-cut denim shorts, which make no so, sense. So Booger just kind of stares at Snotty, like, in disbelief. And finally, at one point, Booger goes into Snotty's room and says, I'm Booger. And, you know, he tells him his name, but he says they call me Booger. He blows, I'm assuming, ashes off the top of a beer can, drinks the rest of it, and lets out a large burp. To which Snotty does an inhuman ADR burp. <laughs> it's beyond inhuman ADR. They start to bond and become sort of like a father-son pair. And at the end of the movie, they bring Snotty back to Adam's college. So I'm assuming he is now a tri-lamb. He just, he's enrolled in college. He's 68 years old. (laughs) 
My first one is when the Alphas decide to set up this elaborate seminal village behind a Holiday Inn Resort restaurant section. They decide to entrap the Trilamps on this weird plank bridge surrounded by gators, which very elaborate. Trespassers have witnessed sacred ritual. Must burn clothes and chant. Or die as well. And yeah. there's this big rise where they proceed to stand over them. They think they're actually Seminole Chiefs. Yeah, so they kind of just, this is a pre-conference barbecue. They get dropped off in a taxi and they essentially see these Indians kidnapping a girl. Throwing her into a fire pit. So they, they're like, we have to help her. Sacrifice the virgin. But then they end up kind of in the middle of a like ri- ritual. Yeah, because they start chanting. Roger, dressed as the Seminole chief, oh, yes. decides to... Intruders must leave Seminole country. So get out of Florida. Stop nerds from trespassing and get out of Florida. Yeah. And then he stops. Yeah. He's like, whoa, must I just... leave sacred grounds. <laughs> so get out of Florida. He totally breaks cave. And then, and then Poindexter uh, looks up at them and says... Lewis, I don't think those guys are Indians. Why not, Poindexter? Well, when I said bite my crank in Seminole, no one responded. Like, Silence! Oh, yeah. <laughs> he said I bite my crank said, in Seminole. Lewis, I don't think these guys are Indians. I just told him to bite my crank. He said, you told these guys to bite my crank? Right. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, so that's a great... See, I had that one as well. So good. Next, Ogre takes a piss for one minute and 48 seconds. We trashed their house last year. That didn't work. We locked them out of the hotel. They checked into another. So what are we going to do? What are you asking us for? You're the one with the 2.0 average. 2-2. We can't shake these guys. In Christ, there could could be a nuclear war. There'd be nothing left but cockroaches and nerds. Let's kill them. Nah. Wait a second. I got it. It's so simple. I mean, I mean, they're nerds, but they're men, too. Sort of. And what is the thing that every man in the world is afraid of? I don't know, Tiny. What? Come on, guys, you know. At one time or another, every man in this tub has been petrified that a chick is going to see him without his clothes on and see how small his dick really is, right? Jesus Christ. Come on, guys, admit it. Yeah, sure. Whatever. <laughs> what? What? It's a reverse nickname. You know, like they call red-headed guys blondie and right-handed guys lefty. Hey, mini Link, are you finished? And bald guys hairy. Will you shut up? We gotta get rid of these guys. We gotta get rid of them in a major way. Hold it, hold it, fellas. I'm getting an idea here. Yeah, by this time tomorrow, the nerds will be history. It's an amazing urine stream. The alpha betas are in the hot tub. Two of them sitting on the side of the hot tub, two in the hot tub, as they discuss their plan to get rid of the nerds. While Ogre is in the background, 
pissing. He pisses for one minute and 48 seconds. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's it. Just a, a long piss. <laughs> a long piss. Okay, let's go. There's not one scene. There is a an amalgamation, a compilation of booger being skeevy scenes. Excuse me, miss. I just want you to know that I don't intend to sleep with another woman until I'm back here in your arms with my head resting between your creamy thighs. Jerk. Excuse me, miss. I just want you to know that I don't intend to sleep with... I love you! I love you! We're staying at the Royal Flamingo! 555-4369! Anybody know how to say bite my crank in Spanish? As soon as they arrive at the airport, Booger proceeds to go up to a very attractive girl and proceed to tell her, <laughs> I will not rest until my head lies between your creamy yeah, thighs. Says, I will not sleep with another woman until. <laughs> and then she proceeds to slap him. He sees another girl goes it's on. five seconds later. We also see him chasing uh-huh. women on the beach in a very rapey way. Yeah. And then of all people who stops him, Lamar Luttrell, big shout out to Larry B. Scott. I don't know how Booger hasn't had his ass kicked by multiple boyfriends of the women oh, yeah. who he tries to fuck. I he probably. Eh, I mean, it's weird because like Booger's not really a nerd. He's not. He's, he's just, just a weird stoner pervert. He's that in between. He just isn't. Yeah. Like he doesn't hang out with the jocks and stuff. Obviously. I love Booger more in the first movie yeah. because he has those lines with Takashi. Like what the fuck is a frush? Yeah. What's a robster craw? Yeah. It's so fucking good. I love Booger. Who doesn't love Booger? Probably the definitive scene from this movie. Hot oral sex. So they burn the sign out to read hot hotel, hot coral. They cut off the C Essex. They cut off the ES. So hot oral sex. A guy sees the sign crashes his car. The next thing you know, guys and girls alike, 10,000 people come to this hotel. I'm assuming with the promise of hot oral sex. Instead, they get the nerds in concert, the no one 15 rap song, which is good, but they were able to strategically Take out the letters they needed yes. to on purpose on that neon They're sign. Nerds. Yeah, they also true. build a metal <laughs> detector out of coconuts. Yeah. And glasses. Yeah. And somehow they're able to find top secret military stuff built on an island. Yeah. Well, go ahead and play uh, a portion of No on 15. Party people in the place. Here's the story about some guys that are bound for glory. I'll get right down to the nitty gritty. The triple L crew is going to rock this city. I'm the L.A.M. And the R, the man on the mic that they call Lamar. And there's a couple of things that I'd like to say about Prop 15. It's not okay. Yeah, so it's a it's a good jam. I prefer it more than the first one from yeah. the first movie. Now I don't necessarily understand how many of these people who arrive at this hotel and why they're there, like why they're even near enough to see the sign and show up. Plus, they wouldn't know what the fuck no one. No, exactly. Means. Like they would have to be in the in the fraternity know. conference and. The girls there are not. The guys, maybe. There's older people there. And they're guaranteed the Fort Lauderdale Gazette or Tribune are not going to be like, this big thing at the fraternity conference talking about Proposition 15. And then you have the part that annoys me with this is Lipsy, 
who oh, fuck does Stewart. the Buster Keaton just stares in the camera the whole time. He's not in the Trilams. He's not. He's just a dude. He worked at the hotel, befriended yes. Lewis because he got fired. Yes. And he doesn't, but like they're doing no on 15. And he goes, no on 15. serious no on 15. We really mean it. Come on, guys. No on 15. We really mean it. No on 15. We're serious now yeah. as opposed to when they weren't before. <laughs> right. And he's not in the Trilams. So. I want to see a scene where Stewart is just going up to people, passing out flyers going, Hey, no on 15 and my homies, my homies, yo. And we weren't really serious. This time we're serious. We did a whole rap. You guys are going to hear some ice from our cocktail. Yeah, we're drinking it, man. It's the beach party, bro. Jim, you got any more? No, I got, was I have a few. Well, you know what? The stroke technique yeah. that Lewis brings up talking to Sonny Carstairs. Yeah. This computer hates me. Let me get someone who can help you. Okay. Um, you know, I know a thing or two about computers myself. Um, Maybe I could help you. Oh, well, I type in your name, press search, and nothing. I've already spotted your problem. It's stroke technique. Lewis had no game. None. Now, all of a sudden, he shows up at Fort Lauderdale as now the de facto president yes. of the Lambda 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 chapter at Adams College, even though he's not. Yeah, an all-around loose and conversational social guy now. So, Sonny is having wrist problems typing on no, her Zenith not PC. Not having wrist problems. She says, this computer doesn't want to work for me. That's right. Doesn't work at all. Apparently, there is indentured servitude for a Zenith computer. Yeah. So, Lewis, in his whimsical, sly, sexy way, saying, you're having a problem with your stroke technique yeah. double entendre yeah my problem with that scene is just the fact that the stroke technique has no bearing on how a computer functions not at all now if the computer required very specific commands in order to like you had to type the commands correctly and she keeps typing them wrong yeah. then stroke technique maybe carstairs has a fucking uh carpal tunnel syndrome oh you got yeah that's it i like uh Wet nighty contest, poolside in five, five minutes. minutes. This is totally unfair. Hey, I'll give you the mic as soon as I make this brief announcement. All right, make it quick. Thank you. Gentlemen, wet nighty contest, poolside in five minutes. So, Lewis, point of order. Point of order. The Alpha has introduced that a fraternity, this is their big plan to get rid of the nerds. A fraternity must meet athletic, athletic standards. standards, which is happens again in old school. Yes, it does. Later on, you know, nod to this movie. But a fraternity must meet athletic standards. Now, again, there are, Trilams are a black fraternity. Those 10 dudes are all jacked and They're big. huge. So I would think they would offset these Trilams, unless it's by chapter. But they completely ignore them. They do. So this is their big plan to get rid of the nerds. They introduce it. Booger stands up and says, who decides the standards? <laughs> and then they said, of us, you're, of course. You're democratically elected leaders, They of all course. stand up. And then Lewis says, this is not fair. Point of order. Point of order. They said, we're going to let you speak after this brief, brief announcement. Okay. And he says, guys, wet nighty contest, poolside in five minutes. And everybody gets up. They speed up the film and they rush outside. To the wet nighty contest. Yes, which is super weird. All very around odd. super weird. Very odd. Just a two second scene. Yes. I have uh, stuck on the deserted island. Booger finds weed to which he yells. Push. We've got Bush! 
We've got Bush. bush. Throw back to the first movie where they see actual vagina bush. Yeah. Except the, the bush he finds at his island ain't weed. For the weed smokers out there, they will know you can't just find a weed plant and smoke it immediately. Like it needs to dry out for a couple of days. First off, they jam this thing into a piece of fucking like bark or something. Yeah. It doesn't look right. Or they roll it in a big leaf. It's it's a monstera leaf or something. Except it looked like a fern. It wasn't yeah, bush. They smoked so ferns. After they're, uh, they all smoked, they pass it around the fire. They're laying, having uh, deep conversations about infinite space and infinite smallness and infinite bigness. And Ogre says, What if uh, C-A-T really spelled dog? Wow. Yeah. That's heavy, Ogre. And then they... Whoa. Yeah, Ogre, that's deep. That's deep, man. And finally, I will say, it's not a scene per se, but when Roger gives the nerds their sweet back, when he's buttering them up to uh, frame them, gives them their sweet back at the Royal Flamingo, the room itself so fucking awesome. It's straight out of Miami Vice. It's like Miami Vice, the room with a great bar and a hot tub. I want to get an apartment and just turn the entire apartment into this. There's not just one main bar. There is a yes. small bar right next to the... Yeah. Fucking ridiculous. That's like if you went to a neighborhood bar and they have the bar, but then like by the door where you came in, there's a little bar. Hi, welcome to Applebee's. Here's our main bar. The server area where yeah. we will seat you is the other yeah, bar. If you want to drink while you're waiting. Yeah. Sure. So yeah, it's all pink and blue and you know Miami themed. There's neons everywhere. There's just a hot tub in the middle of the room. Love it. Absolutely love it. Also, the weird thing about this movie, Kevin, you brought up, and it just never dawned on me until we realized it as we watched it again. The credits don't roll for this movie for a very long time. Eight minute long before we hit the credits. On certain channels when this airs, they don't show, they go to commercial before they show the credits, which is nuts. And James Cromwell, his name appears after his final appearance. He was still billed as Jamie Cromwell, yeah. I believe. Yeah. yeah, his name shown after he's no longer in the movie. All right, well, that wraps up Nerds in Paradise for now. And with that said, got our cocktails. Get out of the pool. Pool check! Thank you, Jim. No Mount Rushmore this week. Back to an original draft-style pool check. This week's topic, beach movies. There are surprisingly fewer beach movies than you'd think. So the qualifier here is that any movie that has a beach scene or takes place near a beach, if they fucking mention a beach, it's a beach movie. (laughs) So sort of like how Die Hard is a Christmas movie for being Christmas adjacent. Yes. I will say that in this standard, that makes a beach counts. So with that said, Jim, you want to go first? You want me to go first? Yes. My number five is a technicality. Okay. Technically, a music video is a mini movie. Sure. So my number five is, if this is it, music video, Huey Lewis in the News. Love it. Because it takes place entirely on the beach. Ed's buried above sand. Yeah. It's one of the best. When you think Huey Lewis music videos, you think of it, this is it. You don't really think of the power of love as much. It's this one. Well, if I were going to pick a beach music video, I'd pick I Adore Me Amore. Oh, my God. By Color Me Bad, whether if Jim ever gets married, we I want us to wear that stuff for it. One of the chudliest bands. Sure. Of and, all time. And they're all, like, five of them are all dating one girl in the video. Super weird. But that video, entirely on a beach somewhere. You need to watch it, guys. My number five, Weekend at Bernie's, which 
is weird because, uh, like, it's probably the Hamptons. I mean, the whole I'm movie sure takes place in Long Island. Yeah. But it's like they're, they work in New York. They go to the beach where their boss has died. And, but the whole thing like takes place in a beat on the beach, beach, house. beach house. Yeah. And there's like a lighthouse scene, but that whole movie takes place on the beach. My number four is a very bad, bad movie. It bombed, but it has one of the most influential actors of all time for me. It's Robin Williams in Club Paradise. I want to watch Club Paradise. You know, I haven't watched it in a very long time, and it gets a lot of shit, but this movie entirely takes place on a beach. Yeah. I can't remember much of it. It's basically, I believe, if memory serves, Robin Williams works at like a beach-type resort, Yeah, and he welcomes in tourists and he ends up befriending him. He's kind of like the master of ceremonies. I remember being like poolside and stuff at the resort. Yeah, he's I remember the, those scenes. He's the MC. He greets everybody in and he befriends everybody. But yeah, that whole movie takes place on a beach. My number four takes place on beaches that people dream of. And to me, it's so beachy because it makes me want to take vacation and go on vacation because of how it's shot. It's beautiful. It's forgetting Sarah Marshall. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that movie. So he takes a vacation. Him and his his girlfriend broke up. He wants to go to Hawaii to escape and take some time to himself, only to find out his ex is there on vacation with her new lover. The entire movie takes place like on the beach of a Hawaiian resort. And it's just like there's little beach bars. Like, I love all that stuff. I love boardwalks and popping into like little beach restaurants and hanging out on the beach all day. And like, that's totally my scene. Forgetting Sarah Marshall, super funny movie, super memorable movie. The Sunshine, The Surfing Lessons with Paul Rudd. Yeah. That Paul Rudd, almost kind of a cameo. Such a great role for Paul Rudd in that movie. It's very small, but it's really cool. My number three, you can't think of a beach movie without a Jimmy Buffett type character. I'm talking about good old B-Pax, Bill Paxton himself as, hey, Coco Pete, Club Dread. That's my number three also. Club Dread is such, I remember going to see this movie in the small little theater at Regal Cinemas and Niles, being the only one in the theater to see this. I saw it twice and same thing. I like this better than Super Troopers. It's my favorite. This is a Broken uh, Lizard movie. It's a horror movie. It is a very schlocky. It is a Caribbean island called Pleasure Island, Island. where Coconut Pete, who's the Jimmy Buffett type. Don't mention that to him, though. Yes. He, uh, Pina Coladeberg. (laughs) He runs this resort where huge fans can can go and visit. Have sex, drink, do whatever you want. And some people start getting killed. But the entire movie, again, takes place on the beach at a resort. You're telling me there's a dickless guy going around the forest? Machete Phil. Machete Coletti. Yes. That was both our number three. Jim, go ahead. Number two. Jaws. Okay. Jaws is my number one. Okay. Amity Island, New England. My number one beach movie is a movie where makes you not want to go to the beach. Mm-hmm. But what's more definitive than a movie about a giant shark eating, you know, beachgoers? I literally almost put Jaws 3 instead of the first Jaws. You could have. You could I could have put any of them. Yeah. The whole franchise. I prefer Jaws 3. It's so bad. Yeah. Don't go in the water. Or SeaWorld, apparently. So what's your... My number two, since I don't have a number one, since it was Jaws, I do, but it's Jaws, Magic Mike XXL. Oh, hell yeah. So they... That we've we talked covered? about this movie. We've covered it. It's one of my probably three favorite movies. Taking a road trip, a last hurrah down to 
Myrtle Beach, or I guess up to Myrtle Beach because they live in Tampa. Everything about the movie from Tampa all the way up is beach. And then the final scenes, fireworks as they're walking on the boardwalk, put it in my veins, you know, that's like uh, definitely the type of thing I like. So my number one was your number four. It's okay. Weekend at Bernie's. That's my number five. Or no, your yeah. number five. Yeah. yeah, Weekend at Bernie's. Weekend at Bernie's or Weekend at Bernie's 2, both. Weekend at Bernie's 2 and Mannequin 2 on the move should never, ever be mentioned yeah. ever again. Some honorable mentions. Point Break, LA, you know, Beachside. Top Gun, they have a beach scene. The volleyball, volleyball scene, which is very iconic. Furious 7. That's right. That's Brian a, and his family at the man, end. I'm fucking crying watching that, though. Castaway, again, sort of like Jaws. It's a beach movie. It takes a place 100% on the beach. Not great. Yeah. <laughs> like not in a great way. Don't, I don't really like... I was not a fan of the movie Castaway. Goonies, if you want to go to the Pacific Northwest. That's right. There's beach there. Police Academy 2. Yeah. The two movies we're covering this week. If you want to go television, you got Lost. Dog the Bounty Hunter. And Dog the Bounty Hunter. That's it. There was no Hawaii Five-0, Miami Vice, nothing. All right, so that was a pretty quick pool check. That's our only one this week. Uh, we are going to do concession stand here later. But for the time being, we've got refills. Let's get back in the pool. Everybody back in the pool. Now that we're back in the pool where everything is all right, let's talk about Police Academy 5. Assignment, Colin. Beach. First, uh, Jim, give us a quick summary of what Police Academy 1 through 4 are about. Like, do, not individually, not super specific, just like what has happened up to this point. Nuts and bolts. New recruits, one, you know, no way out. They are the ruffians of society. They've been told by parole officers, hey, I need to make more of my life. So they end up going to Police Academy, and lo and behold, they become good officers through tried and true techniques. So in one, in need of a new police force, the newly appointed Lady Maris changes the rules concerning height, weight, it's uh, an open, intelligence. It's open. The misfits come out of the woodwork oh, to become cops. In two, our recent graduates are assigned to the worst crime precinct in the metropolis. Their first assignment. Their first assignment is the worst area. Three... Our lovable heroes must train new recruits and prevent the closure of their academy because there's a rival academy. There's a rival academy and they're going to close one of them. There's not budgeting. So there's one wears normal hats, one wears berets. And then four citizens on patrol with a police force getting burnout. Commandant Lassard recruits civilians to join the police force. Redundant. It's redundant. It's basically the first movie because we just need to get anybody we can get at this point. But aren't all police officers citizens at some point? So, yeah. Yeah, so it's weird. And Tony Hawk's in that. So basically, by calling the franchise... Police Academy. They booked themselves into a corner. Like, they, they always needed to recruit and train new officers because it's called Police Academy. So that is until Police Academy 5. Which the Academy is completely thrown out the window. Uh, except, except for the opening ended. scene. Yeah. yeah, and closing scene, I guess, for what's worth. So one of the hilarious things about this movie is that it's in small company. It has a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. And what other one does too? Police Academy 4. Yeah, there's, there's a handful of movies, but 0% is super hard to do. Yeah. I would say 0% is harder to do than 100. And quite frankly... Me and you have seen our share of shit movies. Yeah, I, love I wouldn't consider this a shitty movie I either. No, I like bad movies, and I think there's some redeeming qualities to this. If anything, we have learned through research and this podcast, Kevin, that grind should be a negative zero. Yeah, negative zero. Negative zero. It's like a paradox. I know. Jim, who is the who's the top guy from Police Academy one through four? It is the Gutenberg. Yeah. So there's conflicting information about Steve Gutenberg, who is the star of the previous Police Academy movies. Carrie Mahoney. 
Some sources say that he said he was done with Police Academy movies. Some people said he wanted to return to five, but couldn't due to scheduling conflicts from three men and a baby. I think the latter is probably true. As he said in interviews, he regretted not returning to the later sequels. He also was the head cheerleader of trying to get a reboot slash remake off the ground. When the movie was originally written with Gutenberg in mind, he was supposed to be promoted to lieutenant at the end of the film, which ended up being... Hightower. Yeah. David Spade's character from part four was considered as a replacement for Gutenberg before landing on the Nick Lassard character. What a fucking nightmare that would have been. Not that, no insult to Matt McCoy, but, or David Spade, you know what, insult David Spade. I'm glad Matt McCoy did the Nick Lassard thing because I could not have stood David Spade in this. Yeah, he was gonna, they liked his character so much from four, they were just gonna go ahead and say, you know, you're gonna be the lead for five. Nobody liked David Spade in Police Academy 4. Bobcat Gold Goldthwait didn't return <laughs> over money disagreement, so the filmmakers decided not to bring back Sweet Chuck, as it wouldn't be the same without Zed. Whoever plays Sweet Chuck, poor guy, like poor son like, of a bitch. Hey, the other guy didn't come back, so we're not bringing you. We back. don't need you, scumbag. This movie has a mono sound mix because they wanted to save money. Speaking of saving money, I'll tell you, this movie's soundtrack doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. There it's, is no soundtrack. There are songs throughout the movie. One that we looked for. That we can't find. No one can find. You go on the internet and you search for it. It's the beach jingle. It's the beach jingle. They're at the beach for... Yeah. Yeah, and then there's the How Low Can You Go, the limbo song. Doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. Cannot find it. The only thing they did was... It's uncredited, but Ride of the Valkyries, because Callahan did that off the cuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Okay, so speaking of money, Jim, tell us the budget box office for Police Academy 5 with the number ones at the time of release. Police Academy 5 came out on March 18th, 1988. So the Steve Gutenberg story kind of gels because... Police Academy 4 came out in 87. He immediately went from that to Three Men and a Baby. So they would have had to have basically filmed four and five almost back to back. So it makes perfect sense with that story. Had a budget of 14 million and it made 55 million at the box office. Oh my God. Which is extremely more than I ever wow. thought it would ever make. Wow. $55 million. So they're right there. Before we get concession stand, we go head to head, head to head. And that's a point up. It made more money. I mean, yes, it did. Then nerds too. So there was one redeeming news story, Kevin, that I have to talk about. And it kind of ties in with our F9 spoiler cast that we did last week. Pontiac announces the end of the Fiero automobile. So the Fiero goes bye-bye in 1988. Oh, man. Your top video rentals at First Row Video for the month of March. Beverly Hills Cop 2. Timothy Dalton's debut as James Bond in The Living Daylights. And Stakeout, Emilio Estevez and Richard Dreyfuss. The number one movie in America... I mentioned him in the pool check, Robin Williams. The inspiration for me to get into radio, Good Morning Vietnam, which I did not know until my dad told me recently that Adrian Cronauer was an actual real person. Never knew that. It was a complete shock to me. The one thing that didn't shock me, but shocked a lot of people after they noticed what this guy looked like, the number one song in America, Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley. Never gonna give you up, never gonna let you down, never gonna run around and desert you, never gonna make you cry, never gonna say goodbye, never gonna tell a lie and hurt you. We don't 
trying to do that. Who people thought yeah. was a black dude, but he's a skinny, redheaded, English white guy. Yeah, he's pretty much the exact opposite. And that song took a whole resurgence with Rick Rowling. And Jim has that record in his kitchen. Damn straight. It's a kitchen backsplash. Okay, let's hop over to Miami for the plot of Police Academy 5, Assignment Miami Beach. Harris finds out that, that's Captain Harris, finds out that Lassard is past due for mandatory retirement. According to these records, Commandant Eric Lassard reached the state's mandatory retirement age last year. Proctor, don't you see what this means? No. Proctor. This means that Commandant Lassard should have retired from the police academy a year ago. And he finally has a shot at Lieutenant. So this, right off the bat, logic, because Harris breaks into Lassard's office to go through, or the commissioner's office to go through files to find this out. These records are public, especially in Florida. Florida has a number of laws that protect yeah. like public documents. Yeah, so Freedom of Information yeah, Act. Yeah, he wouldn't have to do that. The force is putting Lassard's retirement on hold until after Lassard returns from a police convention in Miami Beach. It's my privilege to announce that Commandant Eric Lassard will be honored as police officer of the decade at this year's National Police Chiefs Convention to be held in Miami Beach. Where he will receive an award for officer of the decade. Why? He has done jack I don't, shit. I don't know why. And I'll never understand why his position is so prestiged. Considering all he does is sit behind a desk at a virtual school. Exactly. Weird. He brings along his favorite cops from the force. Jones, Tackleberry, Hooks, Callahan, and new graduate, House, Tab Thacker. Once in Miami, we meet Lassard's nephew, Nick, a sergeant with the Miami police. At the airport, bumbling idiot Lassard mistakenly takes the wrong bag. Not necessarily his fault for being an idiot, but... <laughs> You'd have to see the robbers throw their bag on they accident. They literally saw it stand yeah, right there. And he, it's the same bag. He grabs it on accident. Got a logic issue with that bag? Yeah. A lot of logic with that bag. So he takes the wrong bag. It contains stolen diamonds. This ends up leading to the thieves kidnapping Lassard when they realize what has happened. Excuse me. Would you just give me my damn camera? camera. Give me my damn camera! Harris botches the hostage negotiations, leading to himself getting kidnapped as well. Nick and Lassard's team lead a chase across the Everglades on a rescue mission. When Nick convinces his uncle that this is not a demonstration as part of the convention, and rather an actual kidnapping, Lassard disarms and subdues the criminal or criminals. At the end of the movie, Commissioner Hurst announces that Commandant Lassard can remain in the role as long as he'd like. Also, Hightower's promoted to lieutenant because he saved Harris during the rescue. The movie then ends with a typical police academy hijinks of Harris stuck in a marching band drum as the band marches on. Yeah. So, characters. We have 
Michael Winslow as Jones, David Graff as Tackleberry, Bubba Smith as Hightower. Who got the top billing in this movie. Yeah. Marion Ramsey as Hooks, Leslie Easterbrook as Callahan, Tab Thacker as House, George Gaines as Lassard, Commandant Lassard, that is, G.W. Bailey as Thaddeus Harris, Captain Harris, Lance Kinsey as Proctor, Matt McCoy as Nick Lassard, and then we have Janet Jones, Mrs. Wayne Gretzky as Officer Kate Stratton. Renee, how do you say his name? Aubergeonois. Aubergeonois as Tony. And From then, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Yeah, and then he has a whole gang of dudes, and then there's some extras. So with that said, let's move to best scenes for... Police Academy 5 colon assignment colon Miami Beach. Yes, that movie. <laughs> I'll go first. It's Harris Dork scene. Hello, Dork. Hey, what's happening, Dork? <laughs> Hey, Dork. Hey, Dork. Hey, Dork. You do good work, Lisa. No question about it. Mr. Mayor, excuse me, sir. I don't mean to insult your city, but the people on this beach are very rude and hostile. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, Captain Dork. Oh, my God. Where I think I could have sworn we listened to it. The guy who plays Uncle Harold from Teen Wolf and Teen Wolf 2 could have sworn he calls him Action Dork. Yeah. Harris is uh, barking at people on the beach, specifically Matt McCoy's character, Nick Lassard, for being in his son. Butt wipe. Some dickhead is standing in my son. Well, Captain Harris, hey, I didn't see you there. You know, I don't think we've been introduced. My name I is don't Nick. care who you are, but what? Just get out of my son. Butt wipe. Scram, sleazeball. Okay, fine. Butt wipe, huh? Haven't heard that in a while. He butt wipe. He's uh, he's sunbathing. So he falls asleep in the sun when Nicholas Ard borrows Kate's sunscreen and writes something on. You see him doing something to Harris. Ingenious. So when Harris wakes up, he's walking across the beach. <laughs> hey, dork. What's up, dork? How's it going, dork? How's it going, dork? Hey, dork! Action dork. <laughs> uh, so he wrote dork on his chest and sunscreen. So he turns real red, except where the sunscreen was. Commissioner, your people here are very rude. Yeah. Okay, action dork. So my one is we finally have a little bit more time with the new brilliant Nick Lassard from the Miami Police Force, where he meets Mrs. Gretzky. Poolside masseur. I see. Enjoying yourself? Oh, very much so. Thank you. Thank you. And you? Oh, yeah. I just love it when a strange man puts his hands all over my body. You do? Mm-hmm. It gives me a chance to do this. No, wait, wait. No, wait. Whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> yeah. For the first time poolside, which she, she does the weirdest pose for no Every, purpose. everything about the scene is weird it's very it's weird she's and posing creepy. on the side of the water with nobody looking at her yeah just this pointed toe thing he proceeds to go up behind her while she's sitting down and with his nasally almost annoying voice go pull side masore yeah I i'm a pull side masore yeah, i hate it and then he tries hitting on her and she judo throws his ass into the pool and she gives him the weakest handshake 
in recorded history. Yep. That leads uh, to my next one. So Kate gives him the judo throw. We see later on, Kate is teaching a karate class. Don't miss the latest in police holds and grips. They will be demonstrated on five different mats. We have experts demonstrating techniques in judo, aikido, taekwondo, hapkido, and karate. Hey, Callahan. Yeah. Excellent technique. Is that Kate? Yeah. You didn't know she could do that? Didn't even know she was a cop. Suspiciously close to a bunch of cacti. Where people volunteer for her to kick their ass. Yeah, she's like, who's next? And people just walk on the mat and she kicks them and chops them and flips them. Yeah. And then Jones does this... Uh, Very the, racist. Racist, the overdub voice that they use. From to like Godzilla. It. Yeah, kung fu movies and Godzilla movies and stuff. I accept your touch. Okay. Let's see what you got, Jonesy. All right, you're on. The overdub thing, he does the uh, mannerisms and so on. And him and Kate have like a two second fight eventually. So one of the guys that's trying to get back the diamonds from Lassard. With a knife. He's got a knife. Jones, look at that. It's a knife. Watch this. Did she say knife? (laughs) That hurt. Brother, let me help you up here. Not bad for a beginner. What a good sport. And he's trying to cut the uh, camera strap. Yes, the camera strap that Lassard's holding. With the diamonds in the like, camera. Knife. And then they throw him on the ground. They kick his ass. And then everybody thinks it's part of the demonstration. They nope. clap for him. And then Proctor gets thrown into a cactus. And just sloughs it off. Yep. <laughs> I'm fine. Thanks. Daisy. No, no. And then Nick comes over and they do an intimate. He mounts her. He mounts her. What's the matter? You think I'm going to hurt you? Yeah. Well, just remember what I taught you, okay? Be gentle. Okay. I did that wrong, huh? I don't know. This technique has its merits. Well, shall we try it again? Practice makes perfect. Meanwhile, there's people still standing around, and he's basically trying to pork her, which is so weird. You think with all those people, are you going to do some sort of judo sex thing with people standing around? What I don't understand is... What is this, the Houston 500? Not really. I mean, there's... So this movie has a 15-minute at least beach scene. It does, yeah. It's just, it's like horrible frisbee they go to the beach, throwing. They play frisbee. One man volleyball. They play volleyball. Against high tower. They do the dork thing. Proctor rides a jet ski or like a. Uh, he water skis. Water without skis. water skis. Yeah. And then um, then they do limbo at night. They spend the whole day at the beach. But. Which is good. I like the scene. Yeah, it's cool. But we don't ever see Nick Lassard and Kate advance the relationship at all. No. At first, she throws him in the pool because he tries to give her a massage. And then it's like the next scene they have, he mounts her on a mat, a gymnastics mat in front of a crowd of people. But it took that scene for him to realize, I didn't know she was a cop. You spent the whole fucking day with her. How does that not come up? Yes, it's weird. 
So frustrating. My next one is when Commandant Lassard finally realizes that Security Chief Odo, a.k.a. Rene Aubergeois' character, Tony, is actually kidnapping him. Yeah. Stay where you are. I still got the old man. Uncle Eric, are you all right? This is awesome. It's the best procedure demonstration in history. Uncle Eric, those are real crooks. Oh. Well, in that case... Nothing personal, just business. He finally comes to realization after Nick said, this is not a setup. (laughs) Oh, then he does. Well, he plans the criminal's entire... Because he thinks it's part of an amazing demonstration, which he's all about. He's so nice to him to the point where the kidnappers... He offers him ice cream and drinks from his bar. He finds him very endearing. You got any booze around here, old man? Certainly. You'll find the bar very well stocked. Thanks. I think there might still be some ice cream left in the freezer. Thanks. You're really a good host. You're very well. To the point where Tony goes to Mr. MC, doesn't want to kill him. Yeah. He'll kill Harris, but not Commandant Lassard. Uh, Mr. MC, uh, the dork, I don't mind, but uh, the old man. But then he finally comes to realization, like, oh, one kick to the groin, and then the Captain Kirk chopped to the back of the neck where he retrieves the diamonds. Yes. Okay, uh, fine. I have Harris and Proctor's flight to Miami. This is great. Our own airplane. Animals to play with. I'll tell you, this VIP treatment is worth every penny. <laughs> hey, okay. Proctor, <laughs> why do I put up with you? Uh, well, sir, ah. I think that's because my sister married your nephew, and... Well, that makes us... Shut up, Proctor. (laughs) (laughs) Sir, they like you. Ah, makes zero sense. pranks like this are what these movies are built on. I remember this from Major League. Kind of the same thing. So Proctor is calling the airline to schedule a flight. I don't remember how, but Jones intercepts the call. Because he has the ability to be able to mimic anything with yeah, his mouth. Yeah, he does the waiting. Well, he's called know, mouth. Yeah, he does the, um, you know, the, the on-hold music yeah. himself and stuff. But he, so Proctor's led to believe they're flying on a private plane when actually they've been put on a plane with just loose goats and chickens. <laughs> and they're like sitting on some crates and there's all these goats and chickens just loose, not, not crated, not in cages, not secured. There it is. And then when Harris finally gets off the flight, he's a covered in chicken shit. But what I, I just don't understand, why wouldn't they get off the flight? It doesn't You get on the sense. flight, you see a bunch of animals in the cabin, you just get off and get another flight. So strange. Okay, so that wraps up Police Academy 5 for now. We'll get into it here momentarily. But this is the finale of season five before we move on to season six. God, we're almost through five already. Now, being that the 4th of July just happened, we recorded 4th of July. This is Wednesday, so four days ago. For an upcoming swim meet series, we will be tackling the ultimate 4th of July movie. The 4th of July movie. Independence Day, the 1996 summer blockbuster. We will be doing this in watch-along form. Now, we've only ever done one other watch-along and, well... Sort of. We did Guts. Twister as a movie. Yeah. We did Guts as a swim meet series. To get you hyped for that upcoming episode, Jim, without further ado, please roll the trailer for Independence Day. Sorry, I, I, I think you should listen to this. This better not be another damn Russian spy job. Boy from air traffic roads say the skies are clear. It's the real thing. A radio signal from another world. 
intelligence tells us the object is settled into a stationary orbit. Part of it is broken off into nearly three dozen other pieces. Smaller than the whole, sir. Yet over 15 miles in width themselves. Where are they heading? They should be entering our atmosphere within the next 25 minutes. to sink our teeth into that Ooh. one welcome to earth two and a half hours plus yes and uh not much meat on the bone to cut no there's not at all it needs to be that long yes all right so whenever we do the deep end we do the concession stand attention swimmers join us poolside grab a hot dog kick back it's time for the concession stand So concession stand, typically we kind of compare and contrast a movie and its sequel or sequels, but because this is our first ever heads up battle versus battle fight, we're going to kind of go through similarities and differences of the movies. And we're going to choose a winner in each category and try to find out who won. Well, technically police Academy's up one, nothing when it came to what they made in the box office. So police Academy's up one, nothing. So first I'll mention a lighthearted one. Best bodily function scene, snotty and booger and nerds or the fart in the elevator in police Academy. You know what? I was going to say snotty and booger, but after rewatching that fart scene, fucking love it. And then the guy decides to walk out and then fart again. Yeah. He doubles down. I love that scene. He plays dumb and he says, what, what, what? And then, uh, but then he farts again. Yeah. Uh, I've got snotty and booger just because it's so gross. Like you're disgusting. Yeah. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> Snotty does the uh, the ADR burp that like blows Booger away. It's and crazy. I'm still convinced the dusty beer that he drank had oh. his phlegm in it. Oh. I'm convinced it was just a so phlegm gross. can. So gross. So I've got nerds. You've got police. Academy. That's a push. Better use of beach scenery. So neither movie spread out on the beach vibes as much as I would have liked. But we do get a lengthy scene in Police Academy where they play volleyball, play frisbee, get suntans, jet skis, so on. And at night, they do the limbo party. They've got that steel drum band. That good song that we can't find. <laughs> yes. 
And in Revenge of the Nerds, we have the opening sequence where they're driving along the beach and Booger's yelling, I love you! He tells girls his phone number to the Royal Flamingo Hotel. And then you've got uh, Booger chasing girls down the beach. And then you have... The kid at the island. Yeah, the, the, the island. Essentially where Roger gives the nerds his car. Sonny asks Lewis to put sunscreen on him. He puts about a half a bottle of sunscreen oh, on her big back. Big time. And that's really the extent of what you see on the beach in Nerds. Now, overall, after watching both of them in the last couple of days, I will say, I always thought overall that Revenge of the Nerds felt more like a beach movie. But then after watching Assignment Miami Beach, Police Academy 5, you forget they have that like 15 minutes that's like, they got that big montage. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. So which I, I say Police Academy. I do too. Police Academy. 2-0. In both of these movies, we lost a lead character from the previous movie or movies. So we have the returning Louis Skolnick. We lost Gilbert. And the new character, Sergeant Nicholas Sard. We lost Mahoney. We lost the Goots. So who is the better leader of their squads? Here's the thing. For the while, I would have said Nicholas Sard. However, when you look at his billing in the credits, he's like eighth in bill. Yeah. So he's technically not the leader of them. It's Hightower. It, yeah, exactly. So with that, I have to give it to Lewis Skolnick. I got Lewis, and it's because we've said a couple times, it's the newfound, loose and conversational confidence of Lewis Skolnick. He's got a big dick, and he's willing he's to swing swinging it. that dick around. He's going to the hotel. He's... he's Speaking up for himself, he's fighting back, and he fucking punches Roger in the face. He finally stands up. He says, there's nothing you or your nerd friends geeks. are going to do about it. And he goes, you're right, Roger. There is nothing I can say about it. But there is something I'm going to do about it. Cue slow-mo. And he does a uh, super macho man spinning punch. Yeah, I would agree, too. So we're at Nerds. 2-1. Yeah. Better convention. The police convention or the national fraternity convention? This, I'm going to have to go with the police convention. There seem to be on multiple levels. That convention for the nerds? Are we going by just the room in which it was in or the whole? The whole thing. Okay, if we're going whole thing, I got to go nerds because we have wet 90s on a pool. Yeah, the police convention to me has the... Um, it's very stiff. Beverly Hills Cop 3 scene with Balky. It'll knock your rolls off. And uh, Annihilator. basically they're selling guns. They're standing around their cop uniforms. They're and, selling guns and none of the cops have guns on them. And then they seem to have a beach day, which is an independent event. They have the karate demonstration, which is pointless. They have the sh gun shooting convention yeah. like where the shooting, but nerds that hotel is chaos. It's, it's like ridiculous. people around the pool at nighty contest, like all kinds of stuff. I pool bar. Yeah. I got okay. Nerds. nerds two, two. Okay. Which hotel would you rather stay at? The Royal Flamingo, the police convention, which I think is a Fontainebleau. Font, or, yeah, it's Fontainebleau. Or uh, even the Hotel Coral Essex. Okay. Wow. I know my answer. Really have to think about this. I'm going to have to go nerds here because the atmosphere. Uh, yes. But do uh, I have to pick an exact hotel? Yeah, just. You know what? Fucking give me. Just because the amenities, give me the flamingo. Now, I'm maybe a psycho because I've been to Miami. I've been to Fort Lauderdale. I prefer Fort Lauderdale. Okay. Because my I just did not have a good time. Well, I mean, I don't want to say I didn't have a good time in Miami because I did, but I just... You needed cocaine. I needed more cocaine and a speedboat and a cocaine speedboat. Quaaludes. Uh, yeah. I, I really... Uh, Fort Lauderdale's whatever, but I, I liked it. The Royal Flamingo's got that sweet in it. Yeah, that the craziest and what we suite. see at Fontainebleau is that pink with the flower curtains. Yeah. Ugh, it's gross. It's, it's very old timey. Yeah. Very old Hotel woman. Coral Essex, I don't want to get eaten by the pool. Yeah, I would want to So I've got nerds. There. Okay, so we're three, two nerds. Yeah. Which squad do you want to adjourn? 
join churn <laughs> i want to churn them which squad do you want to join the college nerds trying to party and get laid or the prankster cops listen you want to get laid man don't yeah. you i mean come on yeah i want to be even though like but you're nerds but then again if i'm going to be in my 20s in the time of college i don't want to hang out with a bunch of late 30 40 year old people that have a career already yeah. that don't care about getting laid yeah the cops are kind of lame I mean, they just like, they're playing, it's Jones playing voice pranks, fucking dipshits got a gun out all the time, firing shots on accident. Now, listen, did they have fun at the beach? You're damn right they They had fun, but here's the thing. None of them can throw a Frisbee worth of shit. They all decided to play nine against one against Hightower in the world's smallest volleyball net and still lost. And then Limbo. It's something you would do at a club med for seniors. Yes. Or a children's party. Or a children's party. Yeah. Give me the nerds at so, least. Four, two, nerds. This is strictly opinion, but best, both movies feature on immature sense of humor. Which movie's funnier? You know who brings down Police Academy, though? It's fucking Les- Eric Lassard. Or not, um, what's his Nick name? Nick Lassard? Nick Lassard. Yeah. Brings it down. I, he's very creepy. The humor on Police Academies is... Like pranks and practical jokes. Now, if we were talking Police Academy 1, yeah. then we're like, oh, fuck yeah, because it's right on par yeah. with the nerds. Right. And nerds and Police Academy came out in the same year in 84. Yeah, I mean, these are characters we've seen now in four other movies for the most part. So the, the comedy revolves around like... We're accustomed to it to the point where it's routine and yeah. it's nothing new. Yeah, Proctor getting pranked a bunch. Or Proctor Jones kissing doing ass. sound effects. Yeah, we get it. Nerds, you know, just based on like, there's a lot of funny stuff. I mean, there's like... Plus the, there's somebody named Carstairs. Yeah, Carstairs alone is the tiebreaker. Yeah, I got, you have Wormser. I got nerds. Yeah, I got nerds. Nerds is pulling away. Better use of music. Fuck, I mean, it's got... If we're going by a movie having a soundtrack, then it's nerds. nerds? They have 38 special. 38 special and Devo doing uh, Teeny Weeny. <laughs> Police Academy 5 has 39 special made by Warner Brothers. <laughs> that you don't, but you can't find you it. Can't, they don't exist. If anybody has, it's more elusive than the McDonald's pizza box. Or where Jimmy Hoffa's body is buried. I like that beach music. It's fucking good. But it's like a, a Muzak CD they bought at the, the Kmart. K- exactly. It's crazy. It's, yeah, six too most appealing love interest courtney thorne smith is sunny or janet jones is kate stratton Ugh. if i had i don't even really like courtney i don't mm, i'm gonna have to go with janet jones gretzky okay. so i'm going police academy five it's sort of like girl next door or milk yeah kind of i prefer a milfy yeah i uh courtney thorne smith has a, a trick up her sleeve when you find out she's a nerd yeah. she's smart and uh she knows all about adams or something but i just didn't like yeah even in the first one i like betty more yeah at least with betty you had a character arc courtney thorne smith seemed so plateau as her character and then yeah okay i like you nerds i don't really care here so i'll say car stairs and we'll just so we'll push okay so after that i I think it's clear of who the uh winner is of our first ever verse battle so it's a revenge of the nerds two nerds in paradise They did it. Thank you, audience who's listening along. If you disagree with us, let us know. We would love to hear the Police Academy Pro 5 argument. Yes. Why it's better. And not that we are saying in any which way, shape, or form that we agree with a 0% Rotten Tomatoes rating on 5. Not at all. 
There are so many worse movies. I can't imagine for me what it would take for a movie to be 0%. Police Academy 6 is pretty fucking bad. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe Police Academy 7 is pretty bad as well. They also came out with a TV series that's way worse. Yeah. Jim, what's your uh, go-to summer alcoholic beverage or cocktail? My go-to summer... You know what? It wasn't until two years ago I was introduced to a margarita for the first time. Margarita. So I love margs whenever I can get a good one made. Of course, I love my Terramana tequila. But what I've gotten into in 2021, I love my seltzers now. Yeah. I'm really starting to become a seltzer guy. Not afraid to admit it. Yeah, you find one you like. Yeah, they're like nice on a because like I love IPAs, but I don't necessarily want to drink one when it's like today it was muggy. Exactly. You know what? Also, give me a Lannan Kugel summer shandy. I appreciate those as well. But Kevin, me and you have been on a Corona kick. Yeah. So cut family. You've seen all those memes. Oh, my God. They're everywhere now. My favorite one is just uh, Vin Diesel standing outside of the Olive Garden. When you're here, your family. (laughs) I don't have friends. I got family. Uh, a couple logic points in nerds. Stewart shows up in a White Castle uniform despite there not being any White Castles in Florida. Yo, nerds! Yo, I'm looking for my homeboys. Yeah, well, it looks like you got us instead. Hey, Rocks, I thought we were going to get rid of these nerds. Yeah, so did I. Look, what did you do with the Trilambas? Ah! What did you say, nerd? You better tell me what to do with Tri Lambas right now, or you guys are in big, big trouble. And also, I never knew White Castle was brown and yellow. He must be commuting pretty far to work. I would say so, too. Because, and also, it's like he gets fired from the hotel and he's working at White Castle like the next day. He gets thrown out of five-story window into a pool. He probably should have died. Oh, yeah. And let's also bring up the fact that let's just gloss over how many times the Alpha Betas have either kidnapped or attempted to murder somebody and the racism in which it takes place behind a giant dinner hall yeah yeah that whole the whole seminal scene how the nerds run away they end up stuck against this door the door spins and puts them into the middle of some resort restaurant yeah they didn't see Avalon in they didn't hear any of that seminal stuff going on yeah like nobody else was back there it was like florida the uh alphas must have reserved that space for the time ogre's trying to boink a girl back there yep roger introduces buzz to lewis at the hotel as the hotel manager see the manager here is a guy named buzz munzinger he's he's right over there hey buzz hey can you introduce me roger well, I'd like to, but you see, Buzz is an alpha like me. You mean alpha beta? Yeah, and uh, he doesn't want you guys to stay here. You know how it is. So I, I, I guess you guys will just leave, huh? Here, I'll, I'll call you a cab. So basically, you see the scene with Roger, and he goes, guys, that does suck. They gave your room away, but you're nerds, you know, whatever. And Buzz is an old alpha beta. Yeah, Buzz is an old alpha beta. So Lewis knows that this is the manager who's an old alpha beta and kicked them out. When Stewart gets fired... Lewis goes up to Buzz and says, are you the manager? Forget the blueberries and cream. You the manager here? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, nerd, you know he is. You, you just met been him already. You me, dumb fuck. Yeah, so for being smart, he's real stupid there. Any logic from nerds you wanted to mention? Any other? Also, why does the proprietor from the Hotel Coral Essex have tape on her sideburns? Yeah. We did not notice that until we just watched scotch it. Tape. They have a, they have a, uh, she's very wants to be Lucy chalk outline in their room, which hasn't been removed. Yeah. The, uh, dogs try and chase. There's roosters everywhere. Lamar. It's funny. Yeah. That's all I got for nerds for police Academy. I got more for police. Academy. Okay. I've got first. I've, again, that flight, 
Harrison Proctor get on a flight where they see unsecured animals. unsecured animals just running free in the cabin. Why would they get on that flight? Exactly. Why wouldn't they just get off and be like, we need another flight? They're allowed to refuse. Yes. But instead they don't, they get on the flight and they get off the it's flight. Like, are you telling me shit. there's not a fucking, what at the time, what was the big airline? A TWA yeah, flight United, to go to something. Miami beach. Right, right. So my big one, my absolute big one, how in the hell does a goldfish survive within a small duffel bag for that amount of time and never spill or fall out. There you are, you naughty, naughty fish. Explain that one to me. It's virtually damn near impossible. You have so much logic with Lassard. Why do you hit a golf ball in your hotel room? Yeah, here's another thing. How does Lassard able to maintain his job when he is damn near mentally incompetent. And yeah, 70. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I don't have much else. I was like, I don't know that it's worth it. Cause police Academy, the whole premise is like based on fucking tackleberry decides when they all of a sudden want to kidnap Lassard yells freeze with a finger gun. And then the next scene you see tackleberry, he's pulling guns out of his he has pants. Like a 45 and an Uzi. <laughs> so what the fuck would you use them? Yeah, that's. And then House, a.k.a. Tommy Conklin, explained to me when he walks on an airplane, he shifts onto the other side of the plane. It tips. Yeah. Hot tower, check this out. What you got there, House? There's an article here on Maloney. I don't even like it. Give me five points. You get it. Excuse me, sir. Would you mind returning to your own seat? We're about to serve the meal. The meal? The guy smoking a cigar, they discharge a fire extinguisher yeah. into his face. Which is fine. Sir! Please, sir. Your cigar! You got a problem, lady? Excuse me. Now what? And whatever. And then Hightower and House remove the cabin door of the airplane. Should we help him? Let's do it. Excuse me, man. Why, thank you, gentlemen. You may all deplane now. Yeah, I'm sure an After air marshal hand. wouldn't matter. Yeah, that the airline's like, whatever, we'll just repair it. That's fine. Rip the door off. Duct tape. When they kidnap Lassard and they go onto the elevator, Eric or Nick Lassard starts kicking trash cans and throwing shit. Go after him. Just go, fall, go up the elevator. <laughs> Watch the light where it's, oh, wait, th three, four. Just go up there. Guys, we can't make it up that high. Yeah. They're way too it's high. So strange. A lot of uh, logic issues for Police Academy. I mean, Again, it's a lot of silliness. Like, I mean, they're five when movies High, deep. Hightower throws the Frisbee at Proctor and it carries him away. When you can clearly see the wire. Yeah, you see the wire. It's bad. And then Proctor goes water skiing without the skis. And when he gets out of the water, when he gets off, like everybody's cheering and stuff. And then they realize his ass is in two perfect circles. Yeah. Just his ass cheeks, like cut out of the shorts. 
And he doesn't notice. He doesn't care. You wouldn't notice a breeze? Absolutely feel my ash cheeks hanging out of. Also, I would be remiss if we both didn't bring up Captain Harris proceeding to hit on that girl at the bar, using the coins, acting like a fortune teller. Yeah. Scorpio, right? No. Can I get a cigar? Libra. (laughs) No. Well, you are a very pretty lady. It's a nice suntan. I got a little suntan today, too. (laughs) That's nice. Maybe you'd like to come up to my room later and uh, put a little lotion on it. (laughs) No? Oh, look at these cute breakfast. What is your name, little girl? And then keeps trying to invite her up to the room and then proceeds to say, so what are you doing tonight, little girl? It's like, Jesus Christ, Thaddeus. Capricorn. He's shaking the change, and then so Proctor <laughs> bites off the end of a cigar at the speed of light, spins like sound, a bullet which Boom. sticks to Harris's face. He takes it off, oh. and then Harris catches digital fire. He does because his head's on digital fire. It's not real fire. It's very no. clearly like digital. But it's not just all. It's spread to his entire shirt too. Yeah. So he should have third degree burns. Yeah, he's burning and then. But that makes sense because he just basically made himself into a child molester. Yes. And then Proctor throws a drink on him. No, it wasn't help. a drink. It was a bus tub. Well, after the bus tub. Yeah. yeah before that's the right. bus tub. He throws the bus tub, the soapy water on. And then doesn't Harris still say something like. I guess. Coming up to my room is out of the question. So I guess this means you're not coming to my room? Yeah, it's like, what the fuck? With a head full of soap, she goes, yeah. Actually, I changed my mind. Changed my mind. I kind of turned I, on. I, you called I, me little girl. Yeah, I was a Capricorn the whole time. How old are you, Thad? 60? Fuck. Hey, this is Mag CH, and when I'm not lurking outside of Jim's windows, you can find me listening to the Pool Scene Podcast. Once again, Pool Sceners, thank you for checking out the pod this week. Remember, if you want to know what's going on, any updates, any exciting things coming around the corner, check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Pool Scene Podcast. Also at Pool Scene Pod on the Twitter. Also, if you want to drop us a line, send us an email at Pool Scene Podcast at gmail.com. Any movie ideas. We have some amazing movies coming up. If there's a movie you want us to cover, let us know. You're on the journey with us. And now, Back to Kevin. All right. So for the final time in season five, I'm going to waste some time. That would be a waste of time. Thanks, guy. Anthony Kiedis. We need to do another Anthony Kiedis movie, which is The Chase. I keep forgetting that he was in The Chase. Him and Flea. With Flea, of course. They're trying to... Uh, Needles. Go, yeah, they're trying to go rogue and uh, be vigilantes and stop. If you haven't watched The Chase, that's that's a waste of time. Watch The Chase with Charlie Sheen and... Christy Swanson. Christy Swanson. That car sex scene. Holds up a convenience store with a, a Snickers bar. Yeah. Great. This is great. It's, it's a great movie. movie. Uh, I don't really have much. I mean, we, uh, we had a, a fun ride on season five. We're finalizing what we're doing for season six within reason. Mm-hmm. We're excited about it. You're just going to have to uh, stick around. Stay along for the journey. Yeah. yeah. I mean, dude, I can't believe season five went by this quick. Yeah. 
It's we're five seasons in deep. Yeah. So we uh, yeah, we're, we're going 70s, 80s, 90s, more modern movies, movies you haven't heard of movies. You I would be shocked. like some of these movies we're doing next season. Yeah. They, if you haven't seen them like one, it's like a holiday staple. It's on it's on Easter. It's on Christmas. It's there on are no flag excuses. Day, it's on Earth Day. A musical. Jim said he wouldn't do one of those, but it, it's well, technically I we did Rock of Ages. So it's I mean, a musical. Then, technically another musical. Uh, now, in the movie we're talking about, we might be doing as a musical. Is there a scene in which a singer sings into another person's asshole? Uh, no. I'm fucking bummed out Unless already. He sings into his grandpa's asshole. <laughs> Once he finds the will and courage to use his legs. Great. After laying in bed for 30 years. Ah. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, we're going to have special guests. We're going to have new swim meet series. Tell us, you know, tell us what you want to see in the swim meet series, because those we have so much more flexibility to do Do whatever, whatever you want to do. I mean, we we can do TV, video games, comic books. We did the we are the world music video breakdown. That got a lot of great responses. That may have been my favorite episode of the season. I really, really liked doing the research for that. That was a really fun episode. Yeah. I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, Ghost we, was great. Yeah. Loved Ghost. We did a, a lot of Fast and Furious because <laughs> we did Tokyo Drift and the new one. We covered a lot of Fast. We did Rad and, and Airborne. I say the worst movie we did this season. We're not doing awards. We did awards at the end of season four. Just didn't do it this time. I yeah. mean, it might return in the future. But I'd say the worst movie we did is Rollerball. That is a real pile that of shit. Bad. I would still watch it over Grind. Grind is still our I, worst. I probably would. I liked our Rollerball episode, so I'm not saying not to listen to it again. No, we're talking about the actual the movie actual we actual movie covered. because we had Corey and Tunza on as guests and... I thought we rewrote those movies like a lot we, better than the actual movie. Yeah, I agree. It would have been great. So we, that's why we talk about logic, everybody. Sometimes people go, "Man, why?" You know, we like to suspend disbelief, but when it came to that episode of Rollerball, our logic made that movie so much better. Yeah, so much better. Yeah, we uh, reissued an old episode for the first time. Yeah, because you came down with COVID. You came COVID. down with COVID. Yeah. So we reissued an episode. We did our first spoiler cast. That's right. So season six, we may have some new milestones. We may, again, we... Well, we are coming up on two big milestones, Kevin, which is 200 followers on Instagram, 2,000 downloads on Podbean. So the 200, 2,000 is almost right around the corner. So it looks like, Kev, in season six, we're going to hit the 200, 2,000 mark. And 2,000 on just Podbean alone. Yeah. That's not Apple and Spotify. Yeah. 2,000 on Podbean. Yeah. So, all right. Well, we we love you, Pool Sceners. Join our Pool Scener Advanced Group on Facebook. That is the exclusive site. Remember, ask to join in. We'll let you in. Become a part of the exclusive nature. sort of our version of a Slack or a Reddit. Virtually, yeah. Still Facebook. Yeah. But, um, all right. Well. We have enjoyed this season. We have enjoyed your company. We'll keep the pool warm for you so that we can dive right in at the beginning of season six. Until then, Silencia. Silencia.